Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. It's Monday, and you've got one chapter to read today, just one. Get a break. Yep. And then you're going to get a break on February 29th too. So man. Well, sort of, but tune back in because we're not going to take a break. We'll be back with you. We never take breaks. Yeah. Never. Ever, no, ever, ever. We do from time to time, but mm. the podcast won't. The podcast will be out. Yes, it will be. Yep. And so you can tune in, you can listen and you can hopefully be blessed. Oh, they for sure will be blessed. For sure. There it is. Hey, did you see that thing written. on Facebook? All guitars must be electric by 2030. Did you see that? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? Where is this going? I don't even know. Hey, just to follow up on that that uh, that cell outage, I guess it was just AT&T, and it had something to do with- uh, Programming numbers or something. Something like, like that. that. And it wasn't, it wasn't Russia, it wasn't China. Some guy put in like a three instead of an eight. I like, sorry, <laughs> I, it was smudged on my paper. My I don't bad know. guys. Yeah, it's not the end of the world yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. The Lord's going to keep the world spinning just a little longer. Which means you're reading your Bible today. Numbers chapter seven. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven. Uh, this is the, the, the dedication of the tabernacle. Uh, this is interesting, right? I mean, we, we launched our, our church back in August of 2023. Yeah, and we did. We had a party. I mean, we, we had uh, the, the shave ice people were there and we had a picture spot and we had some banners and balloons. and, and We had I some mean, shaved head people there too. Sh- I don't remember them. It was Angelo. Oh, okay. Yeah, Angelo. yeah, yeah. Angelo was there. I remember that now. Um, yeah, but... It, it was a, it was something to celebrate and something to remember and uh, and so we we didn't do it this way so when we turn one y'all we're gonna do it this way so make sure that you're out there getting your cows and getting your sheep and getting your rams because we're gonna bring them all to the school and we're gonna see what happens okay um, can I just suggest that we bring in a lote bar <laughs> maybe some mariachis perhaps some uh, some florenco dancers okay fine maybe we'll do those things more than the uh, the animals. <laughs> No, but but this is this is a celebration. It's a celebration. It's a, a time of setting the whole flamenco? tabernacle aside. It's a time of of anticipating what God was going to do, um, and it's a time to to begin this process of obedience in bringing these sacrifices and these offerings. By the way, Numbers seven through nine uh, really reaches back and covers material that took place sometime during the the time frame between Exodus forty and Numbers six. Uh, but it, it kind of makes sense here as we're getting into more of the tabernacle uh, details and the priestly duties as well. In fact, it, something that, that's interesting that a commentary pointed out that I didn't note until I read this was verses 7 through 8. Hey, you're going to have two wagons and four oxen. He, he's going to give those to the sons of Gershon. Now, remember, what did the sons of Gershon do? What was their responsibility? Anybody remember that one? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. No, they were the ones that would carry the curtains of the tabernacle. And so they get two wagons to carry the curtains. But then notice in verse eight and four wagons and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari because what was their purpose? What were they to do? They were to take down the frame of the tabernacle, the poles and all the pillars and everything else. So they're going to have four wagons instead of two wagons. And so even details like that make more sense in this context because now we've gotten the priestly duties that have been laid out for us in what everybody was supposed to do. Right. Kohath gets none. Kohath doesn't get any wagons. They get none because they had the special privilege of wearing the burden of the Lord's 
holy furniture on their shoulders. And they had to. It was wrong to use a wagon. Right. In fact, we mentioned Uzzah, I mean, in that one a couple of days ago. That that was the problem. David had the ark put on a cart. And mm. as that cart was being dragged by the oxen, the oxen right. stumbled, the ark almost fell, and Uzzah reached out to steady the ark, something that you would think was a good thing. But it's defiled flesh coming into contact with God's holy furniture, right. and he dies as a result. Yeah. And it was really David's fault because David didn't order that the ark should be carried the way that God prescribed it should be carried. And so later on, when David brings the ark back, he's going to make sure it's carried at that point. That's right. But that goes all the way back to here. And that's why the the Gershonite or the, uh, the, the Kohathites don't get any wagons. No, no wagons for you. No wagons. Yep. Radio flyers. None of those. Um, yeah, number seven, seven through eight. Then, uh, yeah, like we just said. But then the, the rest of the chapter here is is all about, here's all of the different things that each tribe was going to bring. And each tribe was going to bring uh, a silver plate, a silver basin, a golden dish, right? So they were going to bring these these instruments, these vessels to present to the, the priest to be used in the worship, in the services there. And these vessels were going to have this oil and flour mixture that were part of the offering there as well as some incense. And then you get into the animals. And the animals that each tribe would bring was one bull, one ram, one male lamb. All of those were for the burnt offering. Then you had one male goat for the sin offering, two oxen for the peace offerings, five rams for the peace offerings, five male goats for the peace offerings, five male lambs, one year old, also for the peace offerings. So there's a lot of animals that are, are being brought here to the priest at, at the dedication of the tabernacle. In fact, it winds up being 12 bulls, 72 rams, 72 male lambs, one year old, and 72 male goats and 24 oxen. That's a lot of animals. That is a lot of, of animals. That is a lot of animals. But this doesn't all take place in one day. It takes place over the course of... Uh, of 12 uh, days. 12 days. Because each day, you'll note that in the, the, the chapter 7 here. In fact, uh, that was something that I did as I read through chapter 7. I noted and highlighted the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, just to, to break it up and, and be able to see the, the, uh, the outline of everything going on here in the chapter. And then the rest of the chapter is basically every separate tribe offering their gift, right. which is the same gift as every other tribe, despite their size, which I found interesting right? because the tribes are different sizes. And yet every single one of them brought the same gift. Why the repetition? Yeah. When him, one of the, the commentators on here from Tyndale, he said this, it seems likely uh, that it had a theological purpose that underlines the wordiness here. To, and that was to emphasize as strongly as possible that every tribe had an equal stake in the worship of God and that each was fully committed to the support of the tar- tabernacle and its priesthood. So it's showing that this is not just, you, you know, the, the Levites. This, this is not just one group of people that are involved in this, but the whole nation is involved in this kind of going back to the dedication that, or the benediction that, that, uh, Aaron gives at the end of chapter six over the whole nation. Then we get into chapter seven and here's the whole nation consecrating the tabernacle and and participating in the worship of the Lord. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking too. I think at the end of the day, when I'm reading something like this, I want to be cognizant of the differences and who we are versus the differences in who Israel is and what God's trying to accomplish with that. But I think one thing that's encouraging is even though each tribe gives the same thing, I think you just said, right? Every tribe gave this thing. Instead, God has Moses preserve it in such a way by repeating it 12 different times minus the differences of names, which tells me that God pays careful attention to things like God notes our giving. God is attentive to the detailed giving that each of us render to him, that it matters. I think about the widow and the two mites. Jesus 
paid careful attention to what she was offering, even to make the point that she gave more than anybody else. So Jesus isn't just observing from a distance saying, oh, look at that. He's actually aware of the intimate details of her giving. He knows that those are her last two pennies that she's rubbing together that she offers to the temple. God cares about her giving. He's paying attention to her giving. He honors it. And no matter how small or how large, no matter what your means are, God's paying attention to your giving. And that should both encourage us and also be a form of accountability. God's watching, and I want to be faithful with the resources he entrusted me. So what do we do when we come to a passage like this that is so redundant, right? It's, it's, do, we, do we read every single section of this? Do we, we read each and every day, and it's the only things that are changing are the names of the tribes here? Do we just kind of get the picture and go to the end and read verse, you know, the, the end of this chapter to get kind of the, the, the conclusion here? What would you recommend people do as they come to something that is so repetitive when it comes to to things like this? My secret weapon. I'm going to tell you guys my secret weapon. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet. Maybe I, no, I, no, I did. I, I've said it before. I do have a secret weapon when I have to get through texts that are challenging to me for whatever reason. I will play David Cochran Heath. I'll play the audio Bible, uh, one that's not super distracting. Okay. And I'll read it at the same time so that he can help me move through sections with greater ease than if I were just reading it and my, my brain is like, I'm reading the same thing. Why does this matter? Um, but this allows me to slow down and to make progress. And I find that that's just enough uh, help yeah. to get me through the text and also to pay attention to some of the things that I may not have caught otherwise. And I find it fun that on occasion, sometimes a, an author will narrate a text and they read it in such a way. I'm like, oh, interesting. I didn't think about it that way. But because they have a certain voice inflection, yeah. Causes me to think about it differently, so that's my that's my tool. I, I will go through it, but I'll use a help. What, what yeah. do you typically do, Pastor BJ? Yeah, no, that's helpful. I was th- even thinking as you were saying that Kristen Getty reads it. I think on the ESV. She's too good. Website. She well, not anymore. You have to pay for it. Okay. She does, but you have to pay for a subscription. And she's got that Irish accent. She do- and it's 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 too good. Yeah. I I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, now now I'm listening to how she's saying things. I'm not right. listening to the Bible anymore. I'm listening to Kristen Getty. Right. But you can buy it on Audible. Now, if you have a credit uh, waiting to be used, you can get the ESV read by Kristen Getty on Audible. Dude, I, there was one of our college students back in AV that uh, in Elisa Bay Hill or Sending Church. He he was listening to the audio Bible so much, and he was listening to it by a guy that had an accent. So he would say some words, <laughs> and it would carry the accent from the guy that from That's the audio funny. Bible. I'm like, dude, you're not Scottish, like or whatever he was listening to. Was oh, funny. Max McLean? That's funny. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that, that was funny. That, that it rubs off on people. I, I find it interesting here, verse 89, when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat. That, that's kind of God's stamp of approval here. Like, okay, he's, he's meeting with Moses and he's he's speaking to him. And it's it's almost like you're, you're kind of watching all the stuff get done and, and going, okay, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Do we do it? Do we do it? Do we do it right? Do we do it right? And then Moses goes in and God's there and God speaks with him, right? And it's kind of like that, I wonder if there's relief there a little bit to go, okay, we did it. This is good. We did what the Lord commanded us to do and we did it right. Well, okay, this is interesting because this is one of those few places when, when someone says like, oh, they, they heard the voice of the Lord. I've often wondered, does that mean that they actually hear like a, a voice? Do they hear sound waves vibrating through the air? And it seems like here, that's what's happening. Right. That he's actually hearing sound waves emitting from above the mercy seat. And I, I, he's not in the Holy of Holies, right? He's, he must be, it says here, he's in the tent of meeting. So he's got to be in the holy place, although not in the most holy place. And he's hearing from behind the curtain, God's voice from above the mercy seat. I think that's fascinating because right. where's it coming from? Right. It's coming well, from God, but it's not physical. Right. 
it, but it has physical implications. It in in the difference today because I, I can hear some of our people going, see, so it's okay when I say I heard God say to me. Well, now, the the difference today is <laughs> Moses did not possess the written word of God. He he was writing <laughs> he was writing the word of God. So in um, a way, he did. yeah, but not the same. Yeah, today we have God's written word for us, and that is where he has communicated these things to us. And so when we look at this, this was a special, as we call it, a special dispensation in God's economy as he was relating to mankind. He was revealing himself through specific revelation, direct revelation, and that was coming oftentimes through this audible interaction, this audible voice that he would speak to uh, those that that, uh, he was conveying the, the truth of scripture to and they would record his words and write them down today god is not audibly speaking to us in the same way uh, he speaks to us through his word he speaks to us through his spirit as his spirit convicts us and leads us and instructs us he speaks to us through other brothers and sisters in christ who uh, give us counsel and advice and encouragement and, and and guide us in that sense he speaks to us through sermons he speaks to us he speaks to us still today but not in the sense that you're going to sit at home in your prayer closet and hear god say Pastor Rod, this is what my word is for you today. And if you do hear that, you probably ought to just maybe bring your pastors in on that. Definitely. We, we would want to be, we'd want to help you with that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't mean to be glib on the whole, like, hey, if you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible out loud. But but that's the principle that we're talking about here. God's God's audible voice can be heard as we read the, the word. I don't even think our, our Pentecostal brothers and sisters would say that God speaks audibly anymore. Maybe there's a couple out there, but I don't think doctrinally, I don't think they teach that. No. But they do, obviously they teach that he speaks to them in different ways. And I think it would be more or less consistent with what you're saying. Right. In this particular time frame, God was speaking audibly, which is what, I, what I'm so amazed by because God is spirit, John 4. And what's happening here is that God as spirit is producing sound waves in the air that aren't physically they, they don't, he doesn't have a body. So it's right. not non-corporeal. That, that's what's amazing to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't speak to our Pentecostal brothers and sisters. I, I haven't been listening to them the, these days. Um, but I do know, for example, and I, I had a sermon not long ago called Jesus Calling. Well, that, that was a reference to the book by Sarah Young, which was a claim that God spoke to her. And she wrote down in her journal the words that God spoke to her. That, that, mm. that, that's just wrong. Like that, that was not audible. She's saying that God spoke to her. And I guess that's a point you didn't bring up. It's not, if God does speak to you through a sermon or through the scriptures, uh, you shouldn't assume that it's infallible unless it is specifically the well, Bible says this. And, and that's, what's interesting about her book is in the, the original production of it. She had an introduction that said that, that these are the words that she heard from God and she wrote them down. Heard. Well, people can use that differently. You know, does she mean heard as in audibly? Cause yes. that's what's happening here. Yes. Right. And, and wrote them down. She yeah. heard audibly. Yeah. Okay. These are what she was, not that yeah. she was. I don't know her, but. Assuming okay. or, you know, yeah. Anyways, all that to say, safest place for you to be as, as wanting to hear the word of God is to be in the word of God. That's which right. is what you're doing. And so keep reading the word. And uh, tomorrow we've got a few chapters, eight through 10. Just a couple. Yep. So join us tomorrow as we keep going through the book of numbers. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.